Today's podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Oh yeah, Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Go to microdosegummies.com, use the code OPOPIE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to my live stream. Uh, yeah, a different location today. Uh, I want to say hi to Frank White. You're first on the YouTube. You're first on the whole live stream there, uh, Frank White. You got the Henry dude off the YouTube uh, waiting for some Facebook people. What's up? Hi, Instagram. Hi. Also on the Instagram right now, I'm Opie Radio on the Instagram. Uh, Ted Palawada, what's going on? He's on the Instagram right now. I see you. Jennifer Ferris, you are first on the Facebook. I decided to take a day for myself, and I left the city this morning and took a little ride to the ocean. I am out here by myself with Doggy, uh, but it's miserable out here. It's it's cold. I got a busted heater. I'm upstairs in my house. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like 50 degrees, I think. I think it's like 50 degrees up here. But me and Doggy came out to the ocean. I'm hoping to do some things around the house, get it ready for the season. And then uh, I'm hoping to throw in tomorrow and get some fishing done. Get some uh, some some buddies coming over tomorrow. And uh, we're going to do a little fishing, see if there's any striped bass out there in that ocean. So uh, there you have it. Fluke season began. Fluke, uh, fluke that's a pain in the ass fish, man. We, we don't have a lot of luck catching fluke. Uh, I'm mostly a surf caster by nature, so uh, we don't catch a lot of fluke off off the shoreline. It's uh, it's a real pain in the ass, and then trying to get the damn hook off uh, a fluke. Oh my goodness, they are quick and they will bite your finger and they will leave a, a damn good mark. But uh, but fluke is delicious, especially when it's raw. Uh, fluke sushi is one of my favorites. If you need to know, you probably don't need to know. Okay, that's all right then. I was thinking about the private Facebook group today because we all got turned on to that campfire beer. I'm out here. I'm excited to do a little fishing tomorrow and walk the beach with the dog. Uh, a little day for myself because I need it. I work. Well, I don't work hard. I don't know. I, I guess I didn't need to do this, <laughs> but I but I do what I want. And I went to my local beer distributor, one of the first things I did, you know, and I, I was asking for that campfire beer that uh, the group, the private Facebook group knows and loves. And uh, my local beer distributor did not have, they did not have the campfire beer. I don't even know what it's officially called. I showed them a picture and they went, oh, this is very interesting. You know, we can order it for you. And I'm like, no, I'll just get a, a, a bunch from Matt from Get Parts. But thank you anyway. And then I made the mistake. I go, uh, do you have any grapefruit beer? What, wh which ones? And I, I listed every grapefruit beer I've ever tried. With the Line and Kugel's grapefruit beer being uh, number one by far. I even said, why the hell is Line and Kugel not doing the grapefruit beer anymore? 
She's like, that's a very good question because it was a very good drinking grapefruit beer. And I was like, oh, of course it was. Are you a weed guy or just beer? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little of both. I don't drink a lot, um, and I don't weed a lot. So a little, a little bit of both is uh, is the correct answer. So anyway, I said I've tried the Sculpin. It's okay. I, I like Line and Googles, but they don't make it anymore. And blah blah blah. And uh, the Schaffenhofer. That's more of a soda. And she beat me to the punch because I said that's more of a. And she goes soda. I go yes match and then we had a high five and then she goes i'm gonna turn you on to a little beer today so i'm gonna try this why is it backward wait on facebook and youtube it's not but on instagram it's backwards wait that means my face doesn't look like this you're looking at my face backwards so i'm gonna try the lawson's finest liquids double sunshine Ruby red grapefruit, double IPA. I don't like IPAs. I said, I don't like IPAs. And she's like, it, it drinks pretty good, though. I'm like, all right, I'll try. What's the alcohol content? Because I'm an old guy. I remember when beer was like no more than 5%. She goes, well, it's not a 10, but it's an 8. I'm like, it's an 8. So this is like drinking three beers right here. So it's the Double Sunshine Ruby Red Grapefruit uh, by Lawson's Finest uh, Liquids. I'll give it a try. She uh, she said their brand is pretty damn good. I don't know where they're out of. Does anyone know where this beer is out of? Give them a little credit. I don't know. I don't have my glasses on to read to read that. Who the hell could read that? How young do you have to be to read that? Cheers. It's Monday. Cheers. I'm not a big drinker as I'm drinking a beer on a Monday. Cheers. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty good. I got to admit, that's pretty good. She said, because I go, I don't really like IPA. She goes, yeah, but the, the ruby red knocks down the IPA thing. And it really it really drinks nice and smooth. And that, and they really know how to use the juice when they're brewing their, their beer. I got to tell you. Thumbs up on the double sunshine ruby red grapefruit double IPA. Cheers, Lawsons. Now send me a free case or two. Thank you. The live stream is a chilled out, relaxed place. Light one up or crack one open and relax. How's it going, Mr. Opie? Well, Ryan S., it's going very, very well. I had a very, very nice weekend. I got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen since the COVID. Um, uh, by the way, Instagram, you're on an angle because I, I got everything propped up on a box. I'm using I'm using a box and a lot of duct tape, so bear with me. But uh, you're on you're on a bad angle there, uh, Instagram. So where was I? Yeah, over the weekend I went to Pig Beach in Queens. Um, they had a fundraiser, and basically it's all these pitmasters from all over the country. They're like a traveling circus for real. They know each other very very well. They party hard. They work hard. They're good uh, down to the earth uh, people. Long story short, about four years ago, right around now, Carl introduced me to a lot of these guys because they used to do the Big Apple Barbecue in uh, Madison Square Park in Manhattan. We podcasted. It's one of the earliest podcasts I did with Carl when we first started up. And he introduced me to the, the U-Bond people and the Fox Brothers and Pat Martin and, uh, and uh, Sam Jones and the Barbecue Princess, and uh, Barbecue Ninja, 
Bill Durney, uh, and the list goes on and on. I, I'm forgetting some of the names. I, I, I meet all these people. I drank with them. There's a picture of me just uh, slamming bourbon out of like a like a like a jug that they would play down south, you know the. <laughs> but I actually drank the bourbon right out of the bottle with these people. And then what happened was uh, Carl out of nowhere is like, "All right, it's time for you to leave." <laughs> I'll never forget this. <laughs> Carl. Carl Ruiz, my dear friend that is horribly missed every single day. There's, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of Carl, Vic Henley, and uh, Patrice O'Neill. Literally not a day goes by. Those three people were very, very special in my life. I mean, obviously, I was very close with uh, Vic and Carl, but uh, Patrice still a very special person in my life. So uh, let, let's be honest. You know, Carl had, had, his, had his things. He had his things. I don't even know all the things Carl had. But the one thing I know is he showed me respect. And uh, some of the things that he probably wanted to do, he wouldn't do in front of me. So at the Big Apple uh, barbecue, he introduces me to all these people. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's like, it's time for you to go. And I'm like, but, but what? Well, but I'm having fun. I want to stay. He's like, no, you got to go. You gotta go, and he starts escorting me out. I'm like, but I got a half a beer left, and he's like, no, you gotta go. And then he takes me this weird way, and next thing you know, I'm climbing over a fence because Carl's telling me I gotta go. And the sun just went down. I'm like, really? I gotta go? He's like, yeah, you should leave here before you get in trouble. Is what I remember him saying. And years later, I finally figured out that he needed me to go so he could get in trouble. Because I think he wanted to do some things. And he didn't want to do it in front of me. But on the way out, Carl said something I'll never forget. He goes, you know, what do you think of all these people you met today? I'm like, God, they're just solid people, you know? Really, really nice and cool. They all know how to live in the moment. Not a lot of them have money. Some some have uh, some some cash. You know, their, their restaurants and barbecue joints back home, they do well. But they really like uh, the hustle. They like uh, the traveling. They go from city to city, and they they set up with their friends, and um, and they deliver really, really good food to the people. I go, man, they were just so solid and so nice. I really had a good time, Carl. He goes, you're now friends with them for life. And I was like, oh, it's kind of a cool thing to say. I think I might have read that on a poster or two over the years. And he goes, no, they will be your friends for life. And he got really serious. I'm like, well, if they're my friends for life, let's go have another beer. No, no, but you got to go, he said. No, you got to go. And he's pulling me over a fence. I'm like, Carl, can I leave by an entrance? No, you got to go. But don't forget, they will be your friends for life. Uh, I am here to say four years later, I think about these people often, very often, uh, a bunch of them text me on a regular, regular basis. Here's some of the stuff I, I, I should open up and talk about uh, more. And I haven't seen them because of the COVID. And they all were like, we're in Queens. You better come out. And I did. And the hugs were a plenty. People were hugging me and wouldn't let go. And we were telling stories about Carl and we're laughing, having a couple bears. Somebody came over with like uh, a mushroom dish with marijuana on it. I didn't try that. But I tried everything else. 
And sure enough, Carl was right. I, I realized, oh my God, it doesn't even matter how long it's been since I've seen these people. They are literally kind of family now. And that's part of Carl's legacy. He he left me with a lot of solid people that he introduced me to. So with that cheers, double sunshine, bitches, cheers. See, there you go. Capture this, uh, Dot Pro, who's a great photographer. I'm going to post some of your stuff, uh, Capture. He said, great seeing you on Saturday. Oh, he's off uh, the Instagram checking this out right now. Absolutely, man. I had so much. I had so much fun. And now they're trying to talk me to go down to uh, Memphis for uh, Memphis in May or May in Memphis. I might go. And I think we're going to hunt alligators. That's the barbecue ninja. He wants me to hunt alligators with him. I don't know. May's a very busy month. I got uh, I got Mother's Day. I got my son's birthday. I got my birthday. Sorry about all the people that wish me a happy birthday on April 23rd. Sorry about that, but I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't fix my profile. Uh, and I should have after last year, April 23rd, everyone wished me a happy birthday, and I didn't have the heart to tell people it was my birthday. And then I forgot, and I didn't turn it to May 23rd, which it is. So everyone wished me a happy birthday on April 23rd again. So I don't expect a lot of happy birthdays on uh, May 23rd. I get it. I'm an idiot. But it's my birthday, Mother's Day, my son's birthday. And more importantly, the star of the house, Doggy's birthday, is, believe it or not, on my birthday. We were both born on May 23rd. Uh, oh, tell us how much is the most you ever earned in one year of radio. Oh, boy. Um, I really don't like to play that game. Um but I, I'll tell you this much, and this is the God's honest truth. And people will be like, you're a fucking, you're just a weirdo. A uh, duh. Um, I did really well on radio. I don't make any money now. I can tell you that because that is the truth. I barely make any money. At the height of our success, I couldn't tell you how much money I was, I was making. I didn't want to know. I had automatic deposit. Um, my agent, who I trusted big time. He wasn't perfect, but he did right by me. He would try to tell me how much I like. I don't. I don't want to know because we were getting bonuses, and then we had, we got a cut of the live read money, and then we got a cut of the syndication money, and then our regular salary. So money was coming in from all all over the place, and uh, I purposely didn't want to know the number. I knew about. It's about yeah. Rest in peace, Super Agent Bob Eatman. Yeah, yeah. There were. Uh, there were people that were very important in my life, and I, I and I, I took a few hits. We all take some hits, but I lost Super Agent Bob Eatman. Excuse me, a little double sunshine coming up, and I and I lost uh, you know Carl and uh, and Vic. You know, all those people were very important to me in my life. So yes, rest in peace to Super Agent Bob Eatman, who absolutely did uh, did me uh, right. Last time I saw him, I was taking a shovel of dirt and dropping it in a hole. And I was like, well, I don't want to do this. Everyone's like, you got to, you got to, you got to take a shovel of dirt and you got to drop it in the hole. That's what Bob would have wanted. No, I don't think Bob would have wanted that. Oh, that's the last time I saw him, though. Cheers. Let's do another cheers for that. Cheers. Cheers. So the day started in New York City. We're all sleeping all nice, nice and sweet. Uh, my daughter crawled into bed with us. 
My son, for whatever reason, was sleeping on the couch outside uh, our bedroom. And uh, I woke up at 6 because I'm still, a, I guess, a morning guy by heart. I don't know. I don't sleep in. If I make it to 6, I'm like, oh, my God, I slept in. My wife's like, you slept in? What time you get up? I'm like, 5.50. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm laying in bed, and I'm starting my scrolling like we all do. We check our phones. I'm one of these guys that turn off my phone at night because I figure, look, if you died in a car crash in the middle of the night, there's nothing I can do anyway. So why wreck my sleep? I'll deal with the horror show when I wake up in the morning. That's how I look at it. So I turn on the phone. First thing I uh, look for is any uh, text that could be brutal. I, I'm pretty happy when I don't see that little text icon. I'm like, okay, everyone's still alive. That's good. And then, yeah, maybe I'll check some social media, see if a video or a TikTok video blew up overnight. And then I finally get up to make the number two. I make the number two and I make the coffee at the same time, if you need to know. And then um, I'm almost getting ready to get up and all of a sudden, and that's why I asked, where are the New Yorkers? Oh, my goodness. We had a lightning strike in New York City that scared the shit out of everybody. And uh, we're a tight-knit community these days because of social media. So I'm sure most of you already know about this. But so many people were convinced that some kind of giant, dare I say, nuclear weapon slash nuclear bomb went off in New York City. It scared the shit out of the entire city. And I live on the Upper West Side of uh, Manhattan. And I figured it was just like it hit the Hudson River or something. And so I figured it was just in our little area. And then I checked social media and everyone's like, oh, my God, I thought we got hit with a nuke. It scared everybody all over New York. Look it up. I mean, it's all over Facebook. I don't have to tell you. You guys probably know this. Yeah, the lightning was brutal this morning. See? Let's see. Uh, when, uh, when his kids are older, his phone will stay on. Oh, no shit. Oh, bro, no shit. I'm dreading those days. I'm dreading those days. But right now, man, you know, I turn that phone off at night. I I just, I, I've always been that guy. And, you know, I've woken up to some surprise texts. But guess what? Had a nice eight hours of sleep so I could deal with uh, all that horror. It's a lot easier to deal with some of that tragedy stuff when you had a good night's sleep, right? Yes. But that was the big news. This morning, we all got uh, woken up by a giant. Is it the lightning or is it the thunder? We hear the thunder, right? Not the lightning. But a lot of people's like, no, we hear the lightning. No, you don't hear the lightning. No, you don't. The lightning hits first because uh, what? Uh, what? Light travels faster than sound. Yeah, I know all this. See, I know. Cheers. Today's podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Go to microdosegummies.com, use the code OPOPIE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. What's microdosing, Ope? Well, if you search around a bit on the internet, you'll find all sorts of people are microdosing to feel healthier and perform better. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC. So basically, it's CBD with just a taste of THC. They really do taste and feel amazing. And matter of fact, I took one right before I recorded this fine podcast you're listening to right now. 
It definitely helps me get in the zone when doing creative work. And at night, they help me wind down, chill out. And the best part, I sleep like a baby. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online or go to microdosegummies.com. Use the code OPOPIE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. I put a link in the description of this podcast episode. It's microdosegummies.com, promo code Opie, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Once again, microdosegummies.com, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E. Would you ever do an episode of Cribs? No, man. I'm a, I like being in the public eye to a certain extent. You know, in between doing live streams, I'm pretty damn private. I'm pretty much uh, a real introvert. I hate when people say, I'm an introvert. No, you're not. You don't know what it is. By the way, I've been out here for the last, uh, I've been out here about 10 hours. Guess what the first words were when I turned this on? I could go days without hearing my own voice, without hearing other people's voices. I could walk this beach by myself for hours. That's a real introvert where you really are comfortable uh, being uh, very much alone and by yourself. I love it. I'm uh, getting rid of this guy. I'm talking about the weather. Yeah, because that's what I do. Like All I do is turn on a live stream and talk about the weather. No, you idiot. It was an event that brought the whole city together. Everyone was completely freaked out. It wasn't just a weather thing like, oh, I think it rained this morning. No, it was a thunder or a, or a lightning strike slash thunder clap that woke up the whole city because it was a little early still, and everyone got freaked out and truly thought it was some kind of huge explosion. This isn't weather talk, you idiot. Why am I yelling? I blocked the guy. He didn't even hear any of that. <laughs> um, so then I dropped the kids off. Daughter had a um, a field trip, so she was very excited about that. And then me and Doggy uh, took the long ride way out here on Long Island, way out east, getting closer and closer to my goal, which is to um, own the last house on Long Island. I think I only got – we actually try to figure this out. I, I think we got less than 100 houses. We're getting there. We're getting close. We're getting closer. Actually, I'm going to move again. Uh, we might be moving again, and I might be a little closer to having the last house on Long Island. And, and you might be like, that's a stupid dream, Ope. Well, guess what? It runs in my family. Yes, it does. I have a great uncle who's no longer with us. He was a very, very cool guy. And he owned the last house on Long Island on the North Fork. He no longer owns that house, and I don't think it's in the family, so I could say that now. But he literally owned the last house on the North Fork of Long Island. So it's in my blood to try to keep the tradition going. So I took the long ride out here, and I got to say this. I listen to every possible morning show you can listen to in your car as you're going to your job in the New York area. Not one show held my attention. I'm like, what has happened? I know I do a better job just turning on the live stream. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have quality equipment. I don't have a, a co-host. I don't have a staff. 
And I guarantee this is more interesting than just about anything else on the radio. And yes, I'm bragging because it really pissed me off today. I listened to everybody. I was flipping around and I'm like, what the fuck is going on on radio? It's all really, really boring. And then finally, because I did some chores, I finally found something that I, uh, I enjoyed. And that was Ron Bennington with his uh, daughter once again. I hate doing it to myself, but I did check out Jim and Sam. They had Mike Bichetti on. Their show is fucking terrible, it has to be said. Jimmy obviously doesn't want to be there. Sam has to be on the on the goddamn spectrum to deal with uh, Jimmy's crap. And they're belittling and talking down to Bichetti, and he was the only thing that was kind of good on the whole the whole show. It was, t- I, I couldn't believe how bad that the show was. I couldn't believe it. And I said that recently. So I tuned them in, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I was, I was like, how, how is this show so bad? And then I checked it out again today because my goal was to just listen to as many morning shows as possible. And, and to their credit, their show is terrible, but it's right in line with everybody else. It's all just like white noise on the radio. Oh, my God. And then finally, no joke, finally, later in the day, because I've been run, running around doing errands, I, um, I listened to Ron Bennington, and he, he's still fucking crushing it. He was talking about, like, uh, the triathlon and technology, because he always puts Earl in a corner and asks Earl some dumb question, and Earl was all mad because – you got to know black girl. I don't feel like explaining this to like people that never heard Ron or Ron and Fez or Opie and Anthony. I, I, I don't have time for that, but Ron knows how to put black girl in a corner and black girl, you know, uh, Ron basically is like, Earl, what do you got for the show? And I guess Earl was on the Long Island Railroad and he was annoyed that girls were on their phones. <laughs> so then that gets Ronnie riffing about technology and then, you know, asking Earl about technology and Earl's like, they don't know what they're missing. They're just stuck on their phones. And they, you know, I'm sitting right across from them. Like they're supposed to have a conversation with black Earl instead of checking out their TikTok numbers between those two choices. No offense. You lose Earl. Girls want to check out their TikTok uh, analytics. Ronnie had a way of talking about like really edgy stuff without getting in trouble and without getting canceled culture on his back. Cause they were talking about like the marathon competing in the marathon and he said something see i'm a runner and i i I really appreciate what he said because i ran in a lot of races growing up not so many in many many years at this point but the marathon is a race which ronnie said and i said yes there's only 20 guys and women because there's a women's division too there's only 20 women and 20 men that are actually running the the marathon the rest are just trying to complete it But these 20 men and these 20 women, they're actually trying to win the damn thing. And then the thousands of people behind them, their whole goal is just to finish the race. And then that led to the wheelchair competition in marathons and how these wheelchairs are like state of the art and worth a lot of money. And they go way faster than the runners. And, and, uh, you know, everyone was saying how impressive that is. And Ronnie's like, that's not really that impressive. Let's let's. Let's see them try to do a triathlon. And, and basically he was talking about throwing them in their wheelchair in the water. And I'm like, I was laughing so hard. I'm like, this is perfect. Ronnie knows how to do this shit without getting cancel culture on his back. Like marathons, how is it a sport if 
if you could wear a costume, a costume, and run the race. It's not a sport. <laughs> Jim and Sam suck because it's Jim and Sam. I'm not even – look, I don't give a fuck if uh, they become the, the most success, successful show on radio. I truly don't give a fuck because they'll never come close to what me and Anthony did. But I was really surprised how bad that goddamn show was. It is so slow and meandering and boring. And you could say, oh, you're just jealous, Hope. You're just jealous. But the reality is the reality. The show stinks. I'm having a tough time trying to figure out what's next for me. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, I was up and down that dial. I was on, I was on saddle. I started listening. You know what I started listening to? Because nothing held my interest in the morning. I started listening to uh, Netflix uh, radio or Netflix comedy, whatever the hell it was. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. I was I was checking out BAB, Z100, uh, Sports Talk, Howard Stern. They all, Jim and Sam, like I said earlier, they all fucking sucked. No one has the feeling that they uh, want to be there. <laughs> they they're all low energy, like, oh, yeah, I got the job. I'm, I'm signed. I got a contract. So, you know, what, what the hell? Opie, get your own show on Compound. I don't, I don't do racist radio. No, I will not be doing that. No. Opie drinks beer like someone who don't drink beer but wants people to think he drinks beer. <laughs> Dude, I'm too old for that shit. Are you kidding me? I turned on the live stream. I happened to get a four-pack. What happened to six-packs, by the way? Now they're four-packs. For the same goddamn price. We all know that. I'm too old for that. There was a time I get, I gave a shit about image and like, oh, I, I'm just having a beer, dude. Don't try so hard. Oh, who was your favorite regular comedian on ONA? Mine was Patrice and then Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn was uh, – I, I had a tough time relating to Colin Quinn. He's incredibly talented, of course. There were a lot of uh, boring appearances with Colin Quinn. Patrice O'Neill was – out of the box, amazing every time he was on the show. Patrice never had a bad appearance. I always got excited when uh, uh, Jim Brewer came on. Um, I'll give you a long shot. Know who never had a bad appearance on uh, on the show back in the day? Robert Kelly. Bob Kelly. I'm surprised he's not bigger than he is. Well, he is big, but bigger. But Bob Kelly never had a bad appearance on, on our show. I would easily put him in the top five of, uh, of uh, comedians that did our radio show that had a great batting average. Brewer, great batting average. Um, Patrice O'Neill, obviously. Uh, Bob Kelly. Colin Quinn didn't have a great batting average. But, man, he would hit some fucking monster home runs, that's for sure. I'm sure I'm forgetting some obvious ones. Louis C.K. was up there. Rogan did not have a good batting average on our show. No offense. I mean, he's a monster and all that, but as far as comedians that came through the Opie and Anthony show, um, oh, Brian Regan. Brian, thank you. Where are you? Let's put you on the big screen. Give me some time. Oh, Jennifer first. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer knows this shit. Yeah. Brian Regan's definitely in the top five. So we need one more. Jim Jeffries could be it. Dice, no. Bobby Lee was absolutely amazing. Bob Saget, I love him to death. And we I consider him or did consider him a friend, but he had some kind of mediocre um, appearances on the show as well. Might have to put uh, um, Jeffries. Rogan, 
Rogan had a shitty batting average on our show. Uh, you just no, I'm not. I'm just being honest. He's a monster now, of course. I can't deny any of that, but there were a lot of uh, comedians that came through that were much better than Rogan. Bob Saget was killed. It's <laughs> coming in. No, he wasn't. Jim Norton, no. God, take the blinders off. You know how many times Jim Norton sat there and sulked on the show? Maybe Ricky Gervais, but was he on enough? Voss, no. Come on, man. We need one more. Top five guys that had an amazing batting average on the Opie and Anthony show. Um, I'm leaning toward like a, like a Jim Jeffries. Who do we got? We got Patrice. We got Jim Brewer. We got Bob Kelly. We got Brian Regan. Burr's floating around. He might make the top five. I'm making sure we're not missing anybody. You might have to give it to either Burr or Louie. I think yeah, I think Louis uh, I think Louis C.K. squeezes out Bill Burr, right? I think that might be the list right there. So yeah, I did some um, some errands as well. I uh, I'm entering into solar lighting. <laughs> I need to light up this uh, this bitch out here. I need to light her up. And everyone's like, you got you got to try the solar because you know we had. We have lights all over the place, but uh, the ocean, the ocean, the salt from the ocean just just corrodes everything. So, like, wiring has been corroded, and it's just a mess. Every year in the spring, you come out here, and you're, you're like, throwing a good 10000 into your house just from stuff that just got rusted out during the winter. So, I, I, uh, I'm looking into some solar lighting. Yes. And it finally hit me. Like, the solar paneling thing is stupid still, right? Solar energy, F the sun, you say? <laughs> but when it comes to, like, lighting up your driveway and lighting up beach pads and lighting up little a little bit on the side of the house, fucking solar lighting is where it's at. I ain't going all in with the damn panels because then you just look like you're an asshole. <laughs> I I guess I do care what I look like. You just look like an asshole. Does anyone else, when they get like DoorDash or Uber Eats, do you feel like you're making a drug deal? Not that the kid made a lot of drug deals back in the day, but it's weird, right? It's always some strange guy, a lot of times in a hoodie, dropping off your food and quickly running away, and you feel paranoid. There are times you're outside your house waiting for the guy to come with your food, and it's never friendly. It's almost like, oh, my God, the cops might be watching, and they hand you the food, and they dash off. It feels like a drug deal, right? Am I the only one? Yeah, exactly. Where, where are you at? DoorDash comes up like, yo, man, I got these cheeseburgers, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the cops might be watching. What do you got in there? I got a couple quesadillas. All right, you're free to go. It hit me the other day because we've been doing a lot of uh, food delivery lately. And I'm like, this feels just weird. Some stranger knocking on your door, handing you the food before you can say thank you. You can see the back of their head as they're running off. It's weird. And I'm old enough to remember when my, um, my parents would basically say, don't get in a stranger's car. Don't do any of that hitchhiking. And now fast forward, we just... We're all accepting, and we get into people's cars. I'm talking to you, Uber. 
like it doesn't make sense to me. It always made sense when it was a cabbie, right? But now it's just some dumb like uh, Toyota hatchback or something or a Honda hatchback. And you're just getting in someone's car and they're driving you somewhere. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. Then they pull over and there's no exchange happening. Like, like it's a friend of yours just dropping you off somewhere. It's just so weird, especially, you know, it was ingrained in us as kids. Don't get in a car with a stranger. Fast forward. That's all we do now. Oh, I'm going to bitch about Uber and then I'm going to turn this off and get ready for some NBA basketball. Um, why am I watching? The Sixers are going to get there ass handed to them tonight damn it and they're playing in miami right oh god fucking mb this guy can't get a break harden's gonna be like humana 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 oh my god the spotlight's on me i'm still 20 pounds overweight maxi help me jeremy goes let's go heat i don't think you need the let's go heat that series is is effed until mb comes back if he comes back at all uh, Opie Hart is going to eat up all this attention and, uh, and the pregame buffet. <laughs> That's why I love doing these. I say it all the time, you know, and comedians get mad when you say shit like this. There are funny people all over the goddamn place. And most comedians, if they're not being the funniest person in the room, they have nothing else to offer. And it drives them nuts when they're in a room and someone's funnier than them that's not in the business. It drives them crazy. And I always was the guy who gives a fuck where the comedy's coming from. Oh, Uber. I'll end with this. I was a big fan of Uber. I live in New York City. The cabbies were getting out of control. I used to take cabs all over the place. I mean, all over the place. And then I, I tapped out for the simple reason that a quick cab ride that used to be like five bucks, $6. And that's like literally with a tip, just a quick little jaunt. All of a sudden, the prices went up to $12, $15. I'm like, dude, it's five blocks. Oh, yeah, but it's prime time and the traffic and the gas prices and you know, I have nothing to do with the surcharge at the city, blah, 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 because they got to get their taste, right? So I was like, F the, F the cabbies in New York City. F these people. Then Uber came along and Lyft and the rest of them, right? And I was like, I'm all in. You know, a, a little startup company. Now they're massively huge. I don't have to tell you. They were making the, these rides so much cheaper than uh, the New York City cabs, and their technology was way ahead of uh, – of the cabbies. Fast forward. Now I'm like, F you, Uber. They're doing the exact same thing I just bitched about, about the cabs. We used to take Ubers to take our kids to, to school when it's, uh, you know, terrible weather. Like this morning, um, I can't use the electric scooter. So what I, what I, we used to do is jump in, you know, jump in an Uber. It's a 15-minute walk. So it's close. The Uber... Used to be less than $10, right? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to support you guys because these cabbies are out of control. Long story short, that little $10 ride is now $35. So F Uber. You did exactly what, uh, what your competition did. And that was the only reason you got into all these cities and these markets because you undercut all of them. 
And now there's all sorts of surcharges. Oh, it's 3.30, so it's double the, double the rate. It's 3.30. What are you talking about? So F Uber.